Discover the tips and strategies that will help you achieve your retirement goals. I'm your host, James Canole, and this is the podcast dedicated to helping you retire well. It all starts right here on Ready for Retirement. Welcome to another episode of Ready for Retirement. I'm your host, James Canole. And today we're going to be talking about the stock market and the stock market being at all-time highs. And specifically, how do we invest when the stock market is at all-time highs? I don't know about you, but a lot of the conversations I'm having right now with clients is the stock market's crazy right now. And we've got this issue with something called coronavirus, and we've got this unemployment numbers, and we've got all these things going on that just seem completely divorced from the reality of what's happening in the stock market. And, and the issue of is the stock market overvalued or what's driving the returns, that's probably a topic for another day. But what I do want to discuss and something I think is even more important is how should you approach all-time highs as an investor? And not just all-time highs right now, but all-time highs in general. Usually as investors or typically as investors, we have this sense of what we're going through right now. It's unprecedented or it's unique or it's, there's some circumstance we're going through that we've never gone through before. Well, the reality is we have. The reality is if you fast forward or rewind, I should say, a year ago, we were having these exact same conversations, except instead of coronavirus, it was trade concerns with China. It was issues with the federal deficit or the federal debt. There, there's always something that's going on causing people to say, markets are all-time highs, we shouldn't invest because of you fill in the blank. So what we're going to do today is we're going to, I want to give some perspective on all-time highs in general and stock market all-time highs and how should we think about them. But from there, talk about three things that you can do to protect yourself against them that are going to be unique to you and and can be applied to your unique situation. But let's start with this. As I just mentioned, we get the sense as investors that what we're going through is unprecedented and it's never happened before and it'll never happen again. And right off the bat, that's just not true. When you look at the stock market, the details around coronavirus or the unemployment or the government shutdowns or all the things that we've had this year, those details are unique. But the principles or, the, or what drives stock market returns and stock market volatility, that is not. Like I said, at the end of last year, it was issues with the trade war with China. Before that, it was issues with budget deficits. Before that, it was the presidential election. Before that, it was Brexit and issues in Europe. And what you're going to see is there's always a reason that you shouldn't invest. And I get where people are coming from because there's this fear of, man, if I invest now, this whole thing could come tumbling down. If stock markets are at these lofty high valuations that really don't seem connected to what's actually going on in reality and what's happening here in America and around the world, there's concern that if you invest, could that potentially all come tumbling down and then you're digging yourself out of a hole for the next several years. So first point I want to make is number one, being in this position is not unique. Yes, the details are different. These details, we've maybe never gone through these details before, but we have gone through circumstances like this in the stock market before. So number one, understand this isn't that different in principle than many other situations we've gone through in the past. Number two, and probably more importantly, the reason we invest is because the market continues to hit all-time highs. I think we have, a, we have this sense that the market constantly is bound between a high point and a low point. And what we need to try to figure out how to do is how do we get, it when the, get in when the market's at its lows and how do we get out when the market's at its highs? So it's almost like we're playing the system or we're gaming the system. And, and we're anchored by the market returns that we've seen before. We're anchored by the levels of the Dow or the S&P or whatever index you're following. All we know is where they've been before. And we have no idea where they're going. So what our brains do 
is we can think back to, okay, the Dow right now, it's closing in. It's right around 30,000, for example. And at the bottom of all this, it was closer to 18 to 20,000. And so a lot of us have the sense of, because that's where we've been recently, the Dow is going to continue to fluctuate between that range for a while. And how do we get out when it's high and get in when it's low? And I'm just using this as an example. But that's not the reality. The reality of successful stock market investing does not come from getting in and out at the right times. It simply comes from investing in the right companies and then those companies do the tremendous work they do in terms of growing your principal and growing your assets over the course of time. And one exercise that illustrates this, that I actually like to used to do a lot more often with clients or with prospective clients is they would come in and they would talk about where the stock market was. And ahead of time, I would know what their date of birth was. And so I just run through an example with them. You know, they, they might come in today and say, James, the stock market, it's, it's closing in on 30,000, the Dow Jones Industrial as of this recording. That's high, right? We, we need to get out. And if that person, let's say they're a 65-year-old, if they just turned 65, I would just point out, I would say, hi, hey, like, yeah, that 30,000, that's a good number. But when you were born, the Dow Jones Industrial would have been trading under 400. And then I'll just pause. And once that sinks in with people that, oh my gosh, like that, that, that is a huge amount of growth over that period of time. And by the way, that doesn't include dividends. That is just growth of the principal value of the stocks that you're investing in. What you start to realize as you zoom out a little bit, and as you're not so focused on where are we right now and where were we six months ago and where were we 12 months ago, but when you take a big, big step back, what you see is one permanent upward advancement of the stock market going up and to the right. And now there are these short-term ups and downs that can be very, very painful as we just experienced, but we invest not because we're trying to predict when those highs and lows are going to be. We invest because the stock market continues to hit all-time highs. It has done so not just over the past 10 years, which has been a great run. It's done so over the past 100 plus years, and we invest expecting it to continue to do the same going forward. I want to make one last point on this before we move towards the three things that you can take away from this episode to ensure that you are investing the right way as the market is hitting all-time highs. And this is just an example over the past 10 years. So if you look at the stock market, I'm going to use the S&P 500 as an example. Over the past 10 years, the past 10 years, there's been some pretty negative headlines. You have everything from a U.S. government shutdown. You have coronavirus. You have U.S. election futures falling a huge amount after the presidential election a few years ago. You have the Chinese stock market falling almost 50% in three months. You have Ebola virus. You have contagion fears. You have the Dow falling 1,000 points in a single day for the first time ever. You have the Cyprus 47.47.5% haircut, the Greece meltdown, and the Eurozone crisis. You had a month where the Dow only had five positive days for the entire month earlier this decade. You, I could go on and on and on. There was a whole bunch of bad things that in the moment, the media was telling you, you should not invest because of all these things going on. Yet had you invested an amount 10 years ago in the S&P 500 and wrote it out despite all those negative headlines, well, what you got was you got a return of about 500% on your money. Despite all these things, all this, all this terrible stuff going on, similar to what's going on right now, your money continued to grow for you. And the reason for that is exactly what I just said of we don't invest in order to try to time the market or predict the market. We invest because the market continues to hit all-time highs despite everything that seems to be going on that indicates that maybe it shouldn't be. All right. So with that out of the way, let's now talk about what you can do. And there's three things that I want you to do as it pertains to your own investing to ensure that you're protecting against markets at all-time highs. So what can you do? Number one, focus on your income needs. So understand that, let's take this from the approach that maybe you're retired. 
If that's the case, you're going to have some short-term needs, which are your income needs over the next couple to few years, but you're also going to have your long-term needs, which is your income needs in five years and 10 years and 20 years and beyond. Why do you focus on this? Well, you focus on this because if you have a clear picture of what your income needs are, then you can clearly structure your portfolio to address those. So maybe for those short-term needs, we don't know where the stock market's going to be in the next one year, two years, three years, even five years. So do you have enough in cash or bonds in your portfolio that regardless of what happens to the stock market, you could potentially pull money from there to meet your short-term needs? That's really important to have because when you have that, all of a sudden stock markets at all-time highs don't become as concerning. You're not dependent upon the stock market continuing to go up in order to meet your income needs each day or each month or each year. You have other assets you could draw from if needed. But with that, you also have to keep in mind your long-term needs. Cash and bonds and and conservative investments like that, they might not be the greatest long-term investment for you because they're just not going to grow much. That's not their intention. That's not the role they play in your portfolio. So the other portion of your portfolio that's more focused on meeting your income needs five years from now or 10 years from now or 20 years from now or beyond, that's where you do need to take a look at this and say, that's probably a great role that stocks can play in your portfolio is they can they can help you to meet your income needs long-term. And when you're looking at that long-term, again, that too helps to almost melt away the fear of where stock market valuations are today. If there's a downturn, when there's a downturn, you're going to have time for that to recover. You're not dependent upon that stock portion of your portfolio today because your short-term needs, you know that you do have enough in cash or bonds or conservative investments to cover, which means you can free up the more aggressive portions of your portfolio to be used in later years. Step number two is this, have a plan. So if the market drops, do you need income from your portfolio? If no, well, then great. Maybe you want to do a rebalance. Maybe you want to make some some adjustments and some tweaks to actually take advantage of a downturn. But if you don't need income from your portfolio, then you, again, should not be too concerned about markets at all-time highs. You're not dependent upon those funds today to live on. So you can continue to invest in a way that will support future growth or support the growth that you need in your plan. If the answer is yes, if you said, yes, I do need income from my portfolio today, well, then this goes back to number one, where we talked about having different types of investments in your portfolio. And what you want to do is if you do have a stock market downturn or a bear market, you don't want to have to sell great investments when they're down in value. But if you have cash and if you have bonds and if you have other conservative investments, those are the assets that you can dip into. And that's where your income will come from, giving time for the stock portion of your portfolio to recover. So having a plan, again, helps to put your mind at ease with this because you recognize that, okay, there's different types of investments in my portfolio. And based upon what happens, if the stock market keeps going up, then great. My income can keep coming from the stock portion of my investments. If the stock market goes down, I'm not going to say great, but it's okay because I'm protected. I have cash. I have bonds. I have other investments that I can take income from, giving time for the stock portion of my portfolio to recover. So that could be an example of having a plan. Another example of what, what could be part of your plan is could you temporarily decrease expenses? Maybe you've gone through some budgeting exercises and you say, okay, I have my baseline needs. I know exactly what, what needs I have on a monthly basis that will always be there. I'm always going to need groceries or gas or insurance premiums or whatever it may be. But I also have some discretionary expenses, maybe some nice trips I like to take, maybe golfing, maybe you know whatever it is, things that you enjoy doing, but they're not need to haves. Well, maybe you're in a position where that's all fine to do, but if the stock market does drop, could you temporarily decrease expenses? Because temporarily decreasing expenses allows you to temporarily decrease taking funds out of your portfolio, 
which gives time for your stock market investments to recover. Again, that's another option. That's another example of a part of your plan that you could have going into retirement. Another option is, is could you start other income sources? Now, this could be simple, like a part-time job. You know, if the stock market were to drop and you didn't want to be dependent upon having to sell stock investments when they're down, well, could you pick up a part-time job doing something that you enjoy for a few thousand bucks a year? Maybe you haven't started collecting Social Security yet. Well, if the stock market drops far enough, does it make sense to collect Social Security sooner than maybe you thought you might to give you income to live on and, again, giving time for your stock market investments to recover? So these are just hypothetical examples. Of course, your plan should be unique to you. But having a plan ahead of time when stock markets are at all-time highs is key because it's not it, it puts you in a position where you don't have to be reactionary. You don't have to react to what's happening when the stock market does decline. And it gives you that sense of understanding what, what needs to happen if things continue versus what needs to happen if the stock market pulls back so that you know that you're protected in all instances. And then finally, step number three, is to maintain perspective. If you're like me, anytime you go to your stocks app on your phone or anytime you open up any type of media outlet that's talking about finances or business, you're, you're always hearing these stories about the market is about to plummet or markets are at all-time highs or, or whatever it is that's designed to get our attention and make us fearful of what's going to happen. And we're just bombarded with that. So I think it's only natural that we have these concerns about investing and specifically investing at all-time highs. But I want to go over a couple of studies with you because we have this notion that if you invest at all-time highs, well, more than likely your return a year from now or three years from now or five years from now is probably going to be negative because you're just getting in at the wrong time. You're getting in when things are high. And as an investor, I know that I want to buy when things are low so that it can ride and I can participate in that ride. Well, Dimensional Funds did a study and the study looked at all market all-time highs. So it looked at different points when the market was at its highest. And it said from those points, what was the average one-year three-year, and five-year forward-looking return. So now that we can go back in time and see, okay, what would the market have done from various all-time highs across history? What was those averages? And I think if you ask most people, what they would expect is they would expect exactly what I just said. They would expect the market would be down over the next year, maybe even three years or five years, because you're buying in at the all-time high, which is not what most people want to do. Well, when they did this study, here's the actual numbers. If you're looking at the look ahead period, so one year out from when the market hit an all-time high, the average return of the stock market is 14.1%. If you look three years ahead, so from every single all-time high, the stock market averages an annualized return of 10.4% per year in the three-year periods after an all-time high. So that's not 10.4% total, that's 10.4% per year on average. And finally, if you look at five years out from an all-time high, the stock market returns an annualized average return of 9.9% per year going forward from all-time highs, which just so happens to be the same exact or almost the same exact long-term average return that the stock market generates historically. So what does this tell us? It tells us that even in all-time highs, when it seems like it doesn't make any sense to invest, there's plenty of reason to invest. In fact, over the next one year, three year, five years, the stock market performs just the same, if not better than it does in other time periods. So that's not a prediction to say going forward, the stock market is going to do better over the next year or three years or five years than it's done historically because we're at all time highs. That's just saying, looking at the numbers, going back to the point I made earlier, we invest because we expect the stock market to hit all time highs again and again and again and again, and it continues to do so. So just because we're at an all-time high does not mean that the stock market cannot continue to run and it can't continue to go higher. 
it will go higher and there will be temporary short-term declines. And sometimes short-term is a couple months. Like I said, sometimes it's a couple years or longer, but the stock market continues to hit all-time highs. And that perspective is important to have as we're sitting here at another all-time high as I record this. On top of this study, there's another one by Dimensional Funds. And what it looks like is it looks at the performance of kind of a balanced strategy. So a portfolio with 60% stocks and 40% bonds, and it specifically stress tests this portfolio. It said not just how would this portfolio have done at different market all-time highs, it went out and it sought what are the worst times that the market's ever gone through. So it looked at how would these portfolios have done in September of 2008 when Lehman Brothers declared bankruptcy or in September of 2001 when the World Trade Center attacks happened or in March of 2000 when the dot-com crash happened or October of 1987 when you had the big stock market crash, Black Monday. And it looked at all these different periods of time to say, what if you didn't just invest at all-time highs, but you invested right at the wrong time, but you had a balanced portfolio going into that? Well, I'll put these numbers maybe in the show notes so you can see them. I won't read through each one individually. But what you see is that over the next one year, three years, and five years, a good balanced portfolio in just about all these cases had a positive return. So even if we zoom in and seek out negative outcomes, which many of these happened after the stock market was at an all-time high, the forward-looking returns, if you stayed invested and if you did the right thing and if you had the right portfolio going into it, you came out of it on the other end many cases unfazed. But what it required is it required that perspective. And that's why step number three is maintain perspective, because if you don't have that, and if you feel as if all is lost as the stock market starting its downturn and your portfolio is losing money, and if you panic and sell out, well, then that does become permanent. And there is not a recovery from that. In most cases, you miss out on the recovery that happens as soon as you sell or make a decision like that when the market's at its bottom. So that's, that's the three steps. If you can, number one, focus on your income needs. Number two, have a plan. And number three, maintain perspective. You can be a successful investor even with market all-time highs. And I want to close with this. I speak with a lot of people and we're talking about their portfolios and specifically risk around portfolios. A lot of people will make a comment that either themselves, but more often someone they know or a family member, they talk about the fact that this person they knew invested and they invested and then 2008 happened. And 2008 wiped out everything. It wiped out their retirement. It wiped out their ability to retire. And and they either couldn't retire or it pushed retirement back several, several years for that individual. And as I look at this and talk with these people, and I have a tremendous amount of sympathy and even empathy for the people that went through that. And in, in some cases, this was true. But what I'll say is in most cases, the reason this happened, the reason that people couldn't retire, or the reason that retirement was delayed by several years in many cases is because the people that went through that did not follow these three steps that I laid out for you. They didn't know what their income needs were potentially. They did not have a plan certainly going into that downturn. They thought the stock market would go up and up and up and they didn't have a plan for what would happen when there was a serious downturn or if there was a serious downturn at the time. And number three, maybe most importantly, they just they a lot of people did not maintain perspective, which was so difficult to do during that time. You've got Lehman Brothers declaring bankruptcy. You've got mortgage crisis. You have people losing homes left and right. You have the economy tanking and people losing jobs everywhere. That was a difficult time to maintain perspective. And so what it seemed like in the moment is it seemed like that was something unprecedented, like that would be something that you would never recover from. Maybe similar feelings that a lot of people felt earlier this year or even currently with, with COVID. But what happened is the stock market did recover. And so as people lost everything, or as people's retirements were either ruined or significantly altered. In many cases, that would not have been the case had there been a plan, had people known their income needs and been able to balance a portfolio with short-term and long-term investments to, to address that, and then had they been able to maintain perspective, knowing 
that new all-time highs would come again, in that case, just a couple few years later. So that is it for today's episode. I hope this was helpful. Thank you, as always, for listening, and I look forward to being with you again next week. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Ready for Retirement podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe and let me know by leaving a five-star review. And as always, for a list of the notes and the resources mentioned in today's episode, you can find those at the Ready for Retirement website, which is readyforretirement.co. That's readyforretirement.co. And if you have a question that you would like for me to answer in a future episode, then you can also go to the Ready for Retirement website, readyforretirement.co. There's a page called Submit Your Question where you can submit a question for me to answer in a future episode. Thanks as always for listening, and I'll see you next time. Hey everyone, it's me again for the disclaimer. Please be smart about this. Before doing anything, please be sure to consult with your tax planner or financial planner. Nothing in this podcast should be construed as investment, tax, legal, or other financial advice. It is for informational purposes only.